1: so that's seven goals in two games without that in the team
0: the fantasy football show
2: Hello everybody, my name's James, welcome to another Planet FPL Clash of the Correspondents where we're looking forward to a London derby this coming Sunday in Game Week 14. Firstly, let me introduce you to our West Ham United correspondent, Chris Stone. How are you, Chris?
0: Yep, I'm good. thanks James. Hope you're doing well as well.
2: Yeah, well, thank you mate. And our Crystal Palace correspondent here, it's Rory McLaughlin-Dowd. How are you, Rory? Uh,
1: bang average, James. Bang <laughs> <are you>? average? <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like everyone's FPL season. Yep. Yeah. I think the three of us could probably just have an hour chat about injuries, but I don't want to do that. First, interesting question for you, Chris. Is there any rivalry in this fixture? Um, There is, there is sort of, but it's not really like a, it's,
0: it's not like a horrible rivalry. It just seems to be Palace to a bit of a, one of those teams we always seem to struggle to get results against. Um, I've got a couple of Palace mates and things, so there's a look, obviously, personal rivalry there, and they always seem to get one over on us in some shape or form. So, but I don't think it's it's not like a yeah it's not like a hate rivalry, not in my opinion anyway.
2: No,
1: for you, Rory Not really. Um, I do remember the the playoff final. I'm sure you do, Chris. But it was quite quite a long time ago now. It's a one-off. Neil Shippley? Well. yeah, his shin. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, funny it's, i
2: got to be honest. Into, so I think um... shot a goal when that went in, I <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listening to West Ham podcast the other day, and I had Andy Johnson on, so I was talking about
2: the playoff final. So. Uh,
0: Thanks for another reminder.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: was that the oh, yeah, year so before that's... Andrew Johnson or the year after?
1: No, he w- he was in the team then, but we got promoted that season. Then he got the twenty-one goals. So or it was a year
2: was... after he he got the yeah, fifteen yeah. penalties or whatever he yeah. he yeah. got. Yeah, okay. I ask because it will get dubbed that right, London derby, but it yeah. doesn't feel like one in that sense. I think those yeah. of us who are in London feel like, oh, these London derbies can become a bit of a. A pain in the ass. Does it feel that way for you, Chris? You think oh, all these London derbies, or is it just you know Tottenham's the main one for you? Maybe a bit of Arsenal and Chelsea, whereas Palace doesn't feel like a derby in that sense.
0: No, I don't think it does in in that traditional sense. Um, like you say, it's this kind of Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal are the ones you don't always say yeah, don't normally win, um, but you want to win desperately. And Palace is one of those ones. It's one of those teams that seem to frustrate us. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like a a London derby in the traditional sense, which is kind of bizarre. Like you say, there's a few. There's a few of, isn't there? You know, when you've got the likes of Fulham and those, you know, and such like in there as well. So, you know, you've always you've got you've got quite a few. So I guess somewhere down the line there has to be some sort of a kind of pecking and order, if, if you like, where they they seem to be there. And obviously between between sort of three or four teams. We're not always in the division at the same time to have enough of a rivalry.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you've got three in a row now. Palace away, to- uh, P- Palace at home, sorry, Tottenham away and then Fulham away. And for you, Rory, your biggest game ain't even a bloody London opponent, is it?
1: No, no, but well, you guys probably consider South of the River another country, don't you, really, or at least another
2: Basically, city. yes. I, 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 To be honest, you know me, I consider it Arsenal territory.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, so Brighton, obviously, would be the, the main one in the Premier League because um, Millwall... Uh, AFC Wimbledon, Charlton aren't in the Premier League. But yeah, definitely when I was growing up, it was more Charlton would be their sort of rivalry, which I guess would be, you know, probably Arsenal's local rivals by your book, James. But, yeah, uh, they again, really, correct. Yeah, they relegated us when I was, well, that Andy Johnson season, they relegated us at the end of that the 2-2 draw. And um, a match that didn't really matter, matter to them. And obviously in the 90s, Wimbledon were quite good. Millwall have had their, uh, they're in the Premier League for a season or 2 were won't they? So they've had their sort of season. Uh, not in the
2: Premier League, I think, relegated in 1990 I think from the first okay. division
1: Maybe, um, and uh, yeah so we um, would have played those teams more in the championship I guess because West Ham probably would have been a Premier League team more often than not so we wouldn't have come up against each other too much
2: yeah how are you feeling about the Hammers at the moment Chris um mixed bag really it's, it's a
0: weird one I should be should be very happy but <laughs> I guess there is a little bit of frustration just in the way that we're playing um Feel like we've got out of jail um, through maybe individual brilliance in a few games um rather than anything else and we seem to be playing against poor teams playing quite badly and then um, yeah when it matters okay we're doing the business but you think okay can that you can't keep doing that all the time but then we'll probably play against so some you know like yourselves James or someone else Arsenal um sort of Christmas New year and play well but then lose the game. So I guess I guess you have to take the results, don't you? It's the not, results business.
2: I'm not looking forward to James Ward-Prowse free kicks at Wild Lane next Thursday, mate. I mean, if we can, if we, if we don't give fouls away, we beat you. But I think you, you might kill us on set pieces, mate.
0: I mean, it's more corners because he does he take he does take the majority of the free kicks. But I think he's more of a there's more threat from corners than there is free kicks, if I'm honest
2: it's it's a weird one. It's like you've gone through patches this year. So you had this brilliant start with 10 points for the first four, which obviously included beating Chelsea, Brighton. then there were defeats to city Liverpool, which were acceptable. And you beat Sheffield United. Then you go four without a win, which includes the likes of losing at home to Everton. You lost the lead at Brentford. You were well beaten in the end at Villa Park, uh, but then you've gone back. You won the last two and yet you were behind in both of them in games. You would expect to win against forest and, and Burnley is it that you can't get consistency at the moment
0: Um, it's an element of that but I think it's it's almost like a feeling of a and that sounds bizarre because we've had a couple of decent results but almost like a lack of identity and what is what I you know what are we about what is our way of playing um when we when we were doing I suppose when we were doing well playing quite well Alvarez was sitting very deep where now he seems to be getting more involved in play um whether, that, whether that's deliberate, whether that's him just bedding in, whether that's his natural game, I, I don't know enough about him away from, obviously, before he was at... I know he's at Ajax, but I can't say I saw a lot of him and in, in, in where he kind of sat in, in their team. But, yeah, it's just... I mean, early on, you had players, when we were defending, they, there was, like, three or four players. You'd have Bichette, you'd have Walsh, you'd have Alvarez, you'd have the defenders. They'd be throwing themselves in, blocking shots. But well, that's not really happening now. We've gone back to that kind of... You know, like, you know, when you played sort of Saturday or Sunday football, Sunday football more, where you you run over to where the player is, but you never really got any intention of tackling in them, and that's kind of what we're kind of what we're going through. Obviously, we're we're happy to give away possession, which in itself isn't a problem. Um, I wouldn't say we're an out and out attack, a counter attacking team. We can be, but it's yeah, it's no kind of set set way of way of playing and there seems to be quite a lot of interchanging maybe the players positions so maybe maybe they're trying to find, you know, find the best way of playing with the players they've got different systems I don't know but there seems to be a little bit of very minor tinkering going on um, but yeah it just seems to be like you say it's lack of consistency but it's lack of consistency in the way that we play um, as opposed to just the results and I think it's the way that we're playing which is causing a lot of frustration I think if we weren't winning I think a lot of people well, not not so a lot of people. There'd be there'd be noise which gathers pace from people on the fringes who maybe aren't on one way or the other against against noise, which seems bizarre because we're getting good results. And I think that the fact that it's the results, I think that's that's what's important. But um, that's probably what's you know making it making the difference in terms of uh, how fans are feeling about him. But there's still there's still mixed opinion on him.
2: You said off camera before we started that statistically, he's West Ham's best ever manager.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I, was, I saw that today on Twitter, and it's really surprised me that we're I mean, not. It doesn't surprise me that he's that he's up there, um, but to, I think he's got like something like a forty-four percent win ratio, which is pretty is pretty good at this level. Um, really, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that probably I don't know if that's just Premier League or if that includes all competitions. Um, but even so, that's, that's a good that's a good record. So, I think there's something to be said for stability. Um, but, but he's kind where of had do that. You,
2: where do you stand on him?
0: I get for the last few games it's been really frustrating with him um because yeah he made he made the subs early on on uh, Saturday, but quite often he sort of makes them at the wrong time or makes them too late. you know a player only gets ten minutes when he's you know maybe we need to get them on sooner, but he's getting the results, so you've got to give him his you've got to give him his journey. Obviously, the substitutions you made on on um, on Sunday made a difference in the 90th minute, at least. <laughs> but wh-
2: what do you think about them, Rory? Do you see them well, as a as a top half team? Do you see them who uh, perhaps like a little bit more, like Chris says, struggle to have a, an identity in terms of play style?
1: Well, yeah, they they fluctuate quite a lot, don't they? I mean, they obviously, had, the first two seasons under Moyes, they did pretty well, and they were sort of up there around the top six, and then. Yeah, playing style, I think they seem to be fairly consistent. But I think there was a whole thing in the summer, wasn't there, with Moyes and Tim Stadden, where it's like signing players, the manager not necessarily aligned with the director of football. And then I think in the end, they worked that situation out, did quite well uh, transfer-wise, brought in quite a few players who have done well for them. So yeah, West Ham's always a team, you just see them as a permanent Premier League fixture who could finish anywhere. I like never really think of them going down at the start of the season, but one season they could finish you know, six next season could be 14th. But also last season, I think there's a case to be made that they probably had a better season, maybe even, you know, than someone like Villa, who obviously got conference league, but they had a bad season domestically, but then in Europe, won a trophy and then got into the Europa League. So it's like, it's difficult to really kind of gauge what the success of a team is. I think winning that cup, if you hadn't won it, if you'd gone out even in the semi-finals, maybe you would have got rid of Moyes then, you know, but because you won the competition, he obviously kept his job.
2: uh, Go on, carry on, Rory, sorry. I
1: am saying there's almost um, when you get into that situation with the fans, because I remember we played you last season at yours Now I remember seeing a couple of things online about um, some of the West Ham fans going, well, that's got to be Moyes gone because when you lost the 2-1 game um, at, um, at London Stadium, I think a few of your fans were going, well, that's got to be him gone then. Um, I think when you reach that kind of stage with the fan base, it's always like a couple of bad results or a couple of poor performances. It's almost a certain section of the fan base has already lost faith and are waiting to sort of pull the trigger to a certain extent, so once yeah. you've lost certain sections, it's difficult to get them back.
2: It feels like that, Chris. Every time you have a bad result, it feels noisy. Yeah, I yeah, mean, you this, can there's... hear West Ham voices. You're I don't, prepared. I don't mean in the ground necessarily, but on socials yeah. and stuff. Okay. And I know that's not always representative of of the actual fan base that are in the ground.
0: I think there's an element that if we had a 99 percent win ratio, they'd, they'd still be screaming for him because it's not 100. So they're 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 never going they're never going to accept him whatever he does. I think there's there is an element. As well, that people think, okay, he's done us very well, but we need to go to the next level. And I think there's a, there's a slight feeling that we should be doing better with the players that we've got. And I think it's the fact that we've got not one player, but we've got two or three or four players that, on their day, if one or two of them perform even for ten or fifteen minutes, that can that can kind of get us results. And that's probably been the difference. But I guess we have. Yeah. I don't. I think it would be wrong to get rid of him. I think. I think that would be
2: there'd be a bit of a car crash I mean at this stage that's nonsense talk isn't it? anyway isn't it really yes. I mean like if the club yes. decides to change at the end of the season because yeah, it wants not- to go in a different direction that feels like fair enough but I mean we're going into this weekend and even if you lose to Palace you're guaranteed to finish the weekend in the top nine and you yep. talk about that next level and it's almost like well I don't know if I'd said to you in preseason you finished ninth like, would you have taken it
0: and um- if we had if we had a good cup run, you know, if we're getting into the latter stages, semi-finals of the APO or you know, You're still in the, the league Cowboy cup, cup. finals, so so exactly. So we're still in those competitions. I d- I don't think we should get rid of him, but I can see, I can see the difficulty in some aspects, and the frustration sometimes in the way that we're the way that we're playing. But I think that is that is slightly more. but I think you've got to give him credit for the results, and it's it's hard. It's a hard watch sometimes, but. At the end of the day, two days later, you remember remembering the result or you're remembering the performance and you probably remember the result more overall. Yeah, I
2: mean, to be honest, the manner of the two victories in a weird way leaves a positive feeling because you won both games from behind and quite late on, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think it's that we seem to have, rather than relying on one player, which we seem to have done in the last few seasons, um, and then collectively you're hoping that everyone does okay, I think we've got two or three, so we're not reliant on one. And we've brought in some some players that definitely improved the team, you know, Kudos, Will prowse obviously Paquette has stepped up. Um, and then obviously Bowen's kind of gone back to, to scoring again. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's that aspect, but I think with those attacking players that we've got and the quality that we've got, there's a feeling that we should be doing even better. But I'm not convinced that we with, with the the board that we've got would even appoint the sort of manager. You know, like we wouldn't appoint Eddie Howe, or we wouldn't have. Appo- we wouldn't have gone and got um, your manager, for example. Um, you know, they'd go what, for Roy Hodgson.
2: Are you talking to me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they <no>, sorry. <laughs> they might have gone for Roy Hodgson actually because yeah. he's probably seen as a safe bet. Um, you know, they like they like someone who's kind of but almost by doing the safe bet. You know, there isn't, there's no such thing, is there? And it doesn't, you're not going to, you're not going to get this progressive approach, which is what every sort of club seems to want. And they want this miracle kind of uh, managed to come in and totally transform things, which is a bit, you know, a bit sort of pie in the sky, really, um, at times for,
2: for, you know,
1: every every day.
2: There's a couple of things there, Rory, that I want to touch on that Chris mentioned. One is the safe bet. Yeah. Is that what you did? Went with Roy. Yeah.
1: To, to some extent, but there's always a, a kind of question. I mean, who else was available? I think if you'd said... So Roy came in... When was it? Was it April? It was maybe a bit before April, maybe March. If you'd have said at that point, you'd go and get someone like Vincent Kompany, who's doing really well in the Championship at that point, I would have been like, brilliant. But then you look at the way that's gone for them so far this season. Obviously, you know, they lost a few uh, players because they are all on loan and stuff like that. But that's not necessarily gone so well. Um, I don't know what the alternative is. <laughs> Actually, funnily enough, James... Um, In May last season, I was saying, let's get Ange, which sounds ridiculous now because he's done so well at Tottenham. But when he was just at, at Celtic, you know, getting someone from that league, it's always possible that he would take a kind of sideways move just to get into the Premier League or something like that. Roy is a kind of safe pair of fans, but equally way they've managed the club means that it's very difficult for him because the, all of the depth we have, especially in attacking areas, which now, you know, our, our injuries have sort of moved forward from the defence to the attacking third of the pitch now, which is a little bit more difficult um, for us because we struggle to create anything anyway. But all the depth we have in those positions are young players and he doesn't play young players. So he's a safe pair of hands in terms of a lot of people think you'd never go down with Roy Hodgson. But when he's the squad is run in a certain way where they're trying to cut costs, I guess. By having depth in young players, you know Jeswin Raksaki being a League One player last year and coming straight up and being the depth on the wings, both wings apparently. Um, if he's not going to play those players, then it's a lot more risky to have a younger squad. And he, he just refuses to play under anyone under the age of twenty-five if they haven't already got you know hundred Premier League. Well, he
2: said after my team played you, he said that the kids came on and didn't do anything. What, yeah, what did you I, make of those comments?
1: Yeah, it's disappointing because there's. You know, the identity of the football club, I mean, you hear this argument between fans of kind of bigger clubs than us where it's like, oh, we play good football or oh, we win things. And it's like, ideally, everyone wants to do both. But you know, the identity of, say, um, I don't know, let's say Arsenal, we play very good football. If they bring in a manager like Mourinho or something, they'd be like, this is completely against the identity of the club, even if they won things, or something like that our identity isn't winning anything and it's not playing good football. <laughs> so our identity is bringing through young players. That's that's our history. You know, That's kind of the identity of our football club. So when you say things against that, I think that might have been a jab at the board, maybe in terms of what I was just talking about with all the depth coming in youth rather than coming in sort of experienced players. I think it may have been a little bit of a pomp more directly at Franca who came on in that game, gave the ball away a couple of times and then put in four or five corners, which were you know quite poor. But he showed some good good touches as well in that game. Um, I don't know. I think that that was probably quite a frustrating experience that time of game, because obviously we conceded one uh, shot on target, scored an own goal and then lost the game 2-1. So that was probably, you know, words and frustration. But he's he is that kind of manager a bit like Moyes. He's never going to play the young players. He's never going to be like, great, we've signed I, this 19-year-old from Holland.
2: Great. I suppose the club weren't going to, with respect, when you chose to give him the job again full-time, it's not a 10-year project, is it? So does, does the club want to go and spend a certain amount of money based on what Roy Hodgson wants when there might be another appointment next year and it wants something very different?
1: Well, yeah, you say that. I mean, one of our owners, uh, Texter, is, he actually owns a company that made Two Packs hologram. So there could be... You no, know, he could be there in 50 years and he just be a hologram. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that's the case. I think they looked at... What it actually occurred to me, you said in Correspondence Week, maybe it's to do with FFP. Um That recruitment under Vieira was within the three-year period for FFP. And then um, we haven't sold anyone. We lost those 10, 11, 13 players who went out before that spending on a free. We lost Zaha on a free. We haven't really made money on anyone since Wan-Bissaka. So I I suppose from that um, side of things, it could just be we just need one-year holding pattern to get us over to next summer. Makes a lot of sense um, from that respect. But if you're... You bring in the guy who's supposed to beat the newly promoted teams, and then you lose uh, away at Luton. You know, in whatever circumstances, that's uh, it's not ideal for the whole reason for him being there, just to to keep you safe for a season.
2: No, and it's it's interesting when you reflect on it, though. Would would Palace fans have rather spent hundred million in the summer and lost, say, Elise to Chelsea, or got him an, an Eze on a new contract and kept Gay and Anderson? Maybe that was the club's priority to keep you know, four key players knowing that it was obviously powerless in the Wilfred Zahar situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Zaha one, I think he scuppered plans quite a bit because obviously he sort of flirted with some new contract, was doing rehab at the club from his hamstring injury and then left quite late on in the transfer window. So whatever plans they may have had might have been, you know, delayed quite a lot and you can miss out on players with delays. Yeah, I think keeping those players is obviously a priority. However, we know now from the way a lot of uh, intelligently run clubs are run, losing those players isn't necessarily the end of the world because we don't really spend money, right? We, we haven't spent money in a long time, but whenever we have, we've done a good job with it. I think over the last couple of years, spending money has actually gone well. And the whole point of buying players like, say, uh, Chris Richards is that when Gehi goes, we've already got the replacement there so we can spend the money on losing Wilfred Zaha, you sign a, a left wing to replace Zaha, or you, you sign a striker and Bola can't in for Eketike along with Chris's team. I think there are certain... Um, certain issues with the approach of we're just going to keep everyone here because then when you do try and sign someone who's up and coming who's maybe 19 20 21 they might look at it and go well if i sign this contract i'm sort of handcuffed to this club for 10 years because you're not going to sell me whereas you can make the case if you sell on a player then you know you're signing that next young talent you can say to them look we'll give you that leg up to being a champions league europa league player so who, who was who was managed when you bought Eso? uh vieira well we the didn't actually vieira. have one He came in afterwards, but Panto in was... Right, in.
2: So he wasn't a Roy Hodgson signing?
1: No. Eze was...
2: uh, Sorry, that's what I said, Eze. So Eze was Roy Hodgson.
1: Oh, right. I thought you said Lisa. Yeah, Eze was... I'm sorry. Yeah, he came in... um, Yeah, under Roy.
2: Okay. So he can invest in youth if the talent's there, and he's brought him through and and forward, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he came straight into the team as well, Eze, because he's, you know, undeniable talent, I guess. Yeah. so, yeah, he, he can do that. He can bring through young players, but, you know, he'll always play Shlopaneu ahead.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
2: yeah the other thing chris mentioned was next level does that exist for crystal palace and, and what does it look like
1: well i think it's that strategy that i was talking about earlier bringing through those players and then selling them on i think that's what you have to do to move to the next level we are realistically at our ceiling in terms of our our resources um so, yeah, we can't compete. I mean, I was thinking this last season, obviously Villa, Brighton and Newcastle's maybe a little bit different thing, had a really good season. But at the same time, that relied on Chelsea having a bad season, Tottenham having a bad season and Liverpool, to some extent, having a bad season except for the last sort of 10 games. So what is our ceiling? Well, it kind of depends on the league that year. I mean, even when Leicester won the league, everyone had a bad season, didn't they? Apart from the, yeah. like they snuck in through the back door, to some extent, had a great season, not taking that away from them. But our it's very dependent on what the league looks like. We could have our best season in the last 10 years. But if everyone in the the Big Six has a good season, we'll probably finish eighth or ninth. You know?
2: That would be a, that would be the next level, wouldn't it?
1: Well, you're going to be more close to, to
2: it to be in a position where you're getting April, May, and we're getting Palace qualify for Europe. That is the next step, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, it would certainly make the new year more enjoyable if we're capable of doing <laughs> that. Every, so often, usually it's like the end of February; it's the, the end of the season. But yeah, if we that is the next step, just to enjoy football more. But at the end of the day, all you have are the, the kind of memories from it. to to some extent like the next step i think is converting what you've achieved so far into you know the, the the thing that people use all the analytics people what's your ceiling what's your floor raise your raise your floor to the next level well if we do build this new stand that's not anything anyone can point to and go i remember that day when we did this but it's something that raises your floor as a football club i think when i was on with um uh Sy from newcastle it was he was saying like. When I was talking about our ownership, it reminded him a bit of Mike Ashley. And I was like, well, <laughs> if we're run badly and no one puts any money into us, we'll be a League One club, whereas Newcastle have a, a floor. So you've got to try and raise the foundation of the football club a little bit before you can think about going, we'll, we'll have a punt and spend 200 million in a window, you know.
2: Before you build that new stand, could you do something with the Alpha weight, please, mate?
1: Um, they can't raise the, the roof of that one. Uh, but if they do the new stand, then they can move the gantry out and you might actually be able to see something more than people's feet whenever there's a goal kick. Yeah, but I'd
2: like something that's got a little bit of steepness.
1: <laughs> yeah, but th- that just means there'll be like two people in the stand. Because they can't raise a roof and it's really low roof. So they've made it as flat as possible so they can get as many people in there. I guess.
2: Yeah, I'll, I know what they've done, mate. It's not great. <laughs> Um let's talk some injuries because you've both got issues at the moment. We should caveat this by saying we're pre-recording this on Tuesday morning. Uh Chris, Jared Bowen, what do we know at, at this stage? The word seems to be he was very close for Burnley. Was that the case yeah. as far as you know?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's what Moises um I think he said the the other day. He said he was basically very close. I've heard he was 50-50 apparently. Um he won't he won't play on Thursday, but I don't know if that means if he won't travel. You know and he will play, it... or is that
2: because the game doesn't matter? Is that your view on it? Um, Some well, seems to think he might if he was fit. I,
0: I won't. I wouldn't stake my life on it, but I'm sure that Moyes had said that he's unlikely to play on Thursday, and hope, they hope that they would hope that he'd be ready for Palace. It's one of those injuries because it's fluid on the knee, um, where they say it's sort of one to three weeks. Usually with these things. So it could it could drag on. Um, maybe a week or two. But he's not one of those sort of players which tends to be out for a long time. He's you know he's a bit like Saka in that sense, doesn't he? He, he, he tends to play most of the time. So it's a little bit it's a little bit in the balance. It's a bit of a tricky one. Um, but but it's not it's not foreseen that he's going to be out. Nothing has come out to say that he's going to be out for a long time. So if he didn't make Palace, I'd expect him to play um, play against the sort of, Spurs.
2: Oh, I'm sure he'll play at Wild line next Thursday. That's a, that's almost a, a certainty. Is he in your FPL team at the moment, Chris?
0: He is, yes. So I've got, I've actually got three. I've got, I've got him, Mariola, and um, Ward Prowse. But, nice. um, <clears throat> but yeah, Ward Prowse is a bit. He, his position's changed a little bit. He's he's where he has gone back slightly, and obviously suchik has gone up slightly. So I think it, it Ward Prowse is now so almost solely reliant on on corners and free kicks at pieces um to get any returns and he's to be fair he's every game there's there's two or three or more good chances that someone has um from from these so he's he's definitely a threat but i think his appeal is slightly waning because there's other players um around if he i he was
2: i get that what are you thinking with Bowen? um I guess it's it depends on the news, but have you, have you considered, yeah. you know, if he's out for three weeks, what your ideas are? Or
0: um, if I didn't have value in him, I'd probably sell him straight away. But it's one, it's one of them that I probably want. I probably want him back. Um, I'd say if Kudos wasn't going to the African Nations, then that would be a reasonable swap, a very minor downgrade. I know that sounds funny bit at the moment yeah, kudos, there's a lot of
2: people wild card in sort of 19 though, and now, and only looking short term so i mean that's perfectly yeah. reasonable isn't it
0: yeah 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 for a short period up until that then then um kudos would be would, would be fine um you'd be a, you'd be okay there and obviously you've got c check c check at 4.9 which i know you and Sitch were talking about the other day um He's he's getting there, he's, get, he's getting his two or three chances. I had a quick look actually, just I mean it's on Sega score, so sometimes I know these stats aren't ultra reliable, but it was his shots per game, it's it's pretty much the same as what it was when he was um, it's not far off being what it was when he had that season, his sort of first full season where he got ten ten goals.
2: Yeah, I think for most people it becomes if he's out for the weekend and then it's Tottenham away next, that might be enough yeah. for people to think. I, I want to I want to move that on, uh, I mean, it's, particularly for those who are on wild cards soon. I uh, think you're right, well, I, I need to make the games quickly here. It's worth saying, though, for those who have used it, I mean, as an overview, looking at your fixtures basically till what, end of end of March, basically, the March international break, is pretty good all the way through. I, I know you've got to play Arsenal twice during that period and, and you come to a depleted Tottenham next week. But otherwise, until the end of March, it's a good run. Yeah, and it's, there's there's definitely a case to say you could have him through all of it.
0: I mean, unless they come out and said, look, this is worse than we thought, um I'd probably hold I'd, I'd hold five. You've got a sub if you can. The trouble is because he's in that seven or sort of what he's in now about 7.6 7. might be a bit more than that, might he's in that sort of that Seven seven range, isn't he? Mid mid to high seven range. It's a little bit more expensive to kind of just leave him on your bench. If he was not that he would be, but if he was like you know you've got a suit check or and someone even at six million, you can afford to do it for a little bit longer. But you don't really want to play like that, not playing in your in your field team. But no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be too quick to jump ship this week, like you say. You've got you next week, um, where you're a little bit depleted, and he will score against you know.
2: Good, oh, good Joe Bowen could have fun against my team next week. Yeah, I, I, was, I mean, it's, Romero will be back, but even still, he, he he could have some fun next week against my team. Uh, have you got at the moment, Rory?
1: Uh, I just sold him, because uh, the, the injury, I went across to Boomo because I would have done that this week anyway, so I was just like, I'll, I'll bring that forward to yeah. And that's
2: one's going to be a really popular move, Chris. For anyone who doesn't have that looking at Brentford home to Luton, if there's a doubt about him, pe- people make that move, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Bringing in Bummo, but I'll probably i probably lose Ward Prowse. I wanted him for this week. I know it's a little bit of a risk, but um, I think longer term, um, he, he offers a bit more than Ward Prowse. I think Ward Prowse, he was getting forwards. He's not getting forwards as much, um, or not getting as far forwards, I should say, um, as he was in the first few games when he got a couple of goals. And so you uh, would
2: you would say Ward Prowse is expendable? I guess
0: I, I'd say so. Yeah, and I think he's. He's, don't get me wrong. He's playing very well. He's not, you know. But I think in FPL terms, I think he, I think he's expendable.
1: What about Sergej, Chris?
0: Um, that's what I say. I think he's a good, he's a good alternative, especially for someone like Palmer or someone because he's. I don't think his role is going to change. He's going to still be playing over Christmas and New Year. Um, so he's he gets when the last two games when we've been um, when we've been behind. He's been pushed, you know, extremely far forwards. So he's kind of uh, he's and he he's he's had he's had two or three chances. He had a very good chance against um, Forest, um, but that's happening every, nearly every game. He's getting he's getting two or three chances, a couple of between one and two shots on goal each each game, shots or headers. So I, I think at his price, I think he's a good one because if there's a drop in form or something, you can just leave him there. You've not tied up money. So I think he's 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 a pretty good alternative. They're they're all pretty close actually on on sort of form and points. Kudos is the form player um, at the moment, but yeah, um, he's he's above. I think he's above Ward-Prowse in terms of FPL form at the moment. So I'd, I'd, he's only scored three so far. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he gets close to ten again this season. So check.
2: and and Kudos Chris uh, is that defined now as in the right side forward position is. Is now going to be his with Bowen staying through the middle? Is that, is that what we expect going forward once Bowen's fit?
0: I'd say so. I mean, there's talk of us signing a forward, but you know that's not that's that's never easy. But I'd say that's that probably is his best position. Um, he's playing well there. He help, He does. He covers as well defensively. Um, but obviously, short term that's fine because. He, but then bear in mind if you use your wild card or something, you're booking a transfer. Um, into January because of the African nations.
2: If um if Bowen was past clear and fit for the weekend um and you knew he was going to start against Palace and someone went to buy as new, would you pay the extra for Bowen over Kudos or would you consider making a saving at this stage? That's a tough one. Um,
0: it's always a risk because you're buying a player that's got an injury which you don't know about and then whenever it's a knee you always I know it's only fluid but you always worry could it develop into something else um, it's really that's a really tough it's really tough call um, if I'm honest if you're looking if you're looking and you're using a wild card I'd probably go with kudos just because of the the slight overhang of the injury um, but in my I would say Bowen's probably got Got
2: the potential to, to outscore Kudos. Yeah, it, it always feels a talismanic nature about Bowen and it's not to say Kudos can't have that. I I think he can. I think he's a really good bet at his price at the moment. I think mean, if they were the same price and I knew Bowen was fit, I definitely would be buying Bowen but for the million yeah, difference, no, yeah. I mean, there, is, there is an interesting debate to have there and for those of us sitting there with say Bowen and Bumo, if Bowen's ruled out, I guess Kudos will be near the top of the list of of what people be considering. I, I guess Abeese would have been as well, maybe, Rory, but what we're saying probably December out, is, is that how it looks at the moment?
1: Yeah, he might make the Chelsea game, I think, um, possibly, you know, optimistically, so it's three weeks from the weekend, three or four weeks. So he can make the Chelsea game outside shot the Brighton game. Seems unlikely. So how probably... big of
2: a I'd be mean, stating the obvious, but how big of a blow is that?
1: Yeah, it's huge in terms of actually, you know, doing anything in the attacking third whatsoever. I mean, Elise obviously picked up the ball on the halfway line and then just uh, carried the ball into the box somehow, uh, beat the same man twice, and then somehow
2: the only team. got the second best goal at the weekend.
1: Yeah, well, according to, uh, to certain media sources, I personally think it's a bit better than the bicycle kick, but you know, yeah. oh. <laughs> bring your buyers, Rory, bring your buyers. Well, it's my bias against the MSM. By that, I mean the Manchester simp media that we usually uh, consume. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, Elise will will do some of the, the useful things. I think going into these uh, games we've got coming up, I mean, the next two are okay. I think they're part of the five that we were um, sort of targeting, I guess, as a run. Uh, the following games, I mean, maybe it's better not to be so open. Uh, and if he plays Hughes and Schlup and then plays AU off the left, Lucy off the right, probably a board through the middle. I mean, it's not got much cutting edge, has it? But equally, that centre of midfield is probably fairly difficult for teams to break down, I think. So we probably would have done something like that against City and Liverpool anyway, to be honest. Not that we'd have dropped Eze, but we'd have played very Yeah, no,
2: I I get what you're saying, though. In a a roundabouts way, you are better off losing him for a period where you've got really tough fixtures coming up rather than if you had three or four games at home that you'd expect to win them all. I I think that's probably what you'd you're trying yeah. to get at it. would elise be a consideration for those who because certainly a few would have gambled a at the weekend would it just move down to elise is that is that an option for you or is it because this run's getting tougher it's better to stay
1: away yeah i, I wouldn't buy any palace um now offensive or defensive until what is it game week 26 that fixes actually start to get good again for us so i think i, I probably wouldn't look to move to palace if you're sat there uh, with defensive assets, it might be okay. And Elise has obviously got that in his locker. You know, the, the game against Man United at home last season with the free kick, hit the underside of the crossbar. He didn't do anything all game. And then just one moment of brilliance. And obviously what he did at the weekend is something I'm not saying that's repeatable against, you know, uh left backs who are Champions League quality or something like that. But what he's done there, he's got that flash of brilliance that he could do it at any point in any game. Um but I I wouldn't necessarily be buying Palace assets now until the new year possibly beyond.
2: And the the news obviously there's say is bad it's probably not the worst palace news of the week though I'm guessing Rory.
1: No so De Kure is out probably for the season and he's missed two games before you know the and Luton was 0-0 when he went off. He missed the Newcastle game we lost 4-0 and the Everton game we lost 3-2. So that's seven goals in two games without him in the team. So it really does affect or, the solidity. Or
2: nine in two and a third, if you want to look at it now.
1: Yeah, yeah, potentially. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about this earlier with those players on the pitch when um Chris was talking about they've been fairly average in performance, but then they've someone's pulled something out of the bag. We're kind of the opposite at the moment where performances are okay, they're kind of average, but then some absolute terrible defensive areas like the Anderson one against Luton, where you know those mistakes. Kind of doesn't matter how well you play in the rest of the game if someone does that. So, yeah, I don't an know,
2: unusual I, I, bit of indecisiveness from him because he he's a good defender.
1: Yeah, I mean, not if you ask Leon fans. I think before he we went to Fulham, Leon was sort of writing him off as someone who just regularly, you know, does stuff like that. So he has got that in his locker. He also just came off a midweek game where they lost two 0 to Northern Ireland. So he's not not had a great uh, week uh, himself. But yeah, I, he he has been good for us. But there've been quite a few instances recently where. I don't know what it is, whether it's sort of mental fatigue or something, but people are just making stupid errors. So buying Palace assets, even in games that look good, I think I'd warn people off at the moment.
2: I mean, Anderson's obviously shot up in value massively since the start of the season, currently at 5.2, the time of recording. You know, it's going to be people are up, I don't know, 0.6, 7, whatever on him. Is this now the time to consider selling then?
1: Yeah, I would do. I think so. I mean, maybe... No, the next two, I think, um, Bournemouth will create chances against us and um, West Ham, you know, maybe, yeah, away from home. So, yeah, I'd probably sell him, to be honest, now. This is
2: the number we'll have just bought, right? Last week, going into game week 13, there was a lot of people, oh, defensive assets look terrible this week. And the more you looked at Palace at Luton, you kept thinking, could be, could be, could be. This is yeah. people have just bought the likes of, perhaps not Anderson at that value, but Gay Mitchell. Should those people already be looking to flip that back somewhere else then?
1: If you need someone to play, I mean, those players aren't going to get rotated or dropped or anything. So if you're there with like a Tim Cass or a Gabriel or even a Matty Cash now, maybe it's worth keeping them because, you know, you've got other issues to solve. If your team looks strong enough, um, you could probably look to get rid of them. Otherwise, holding them for the next two maybe not the worst thing in the world, but you know, then the run up until the new year is a bit rough. So it's not necessarily the priority for some people. It depends how your team is set up. But I think if you've if you've got the transfer to make, I, I would advise losing them.
2: Yeah, I mean, you've got a few fixtures that r- repeat in January as well, such as the Brighton game. You've got Chelsea, obviously, in December and January. And before those two, Liverpool and Man City away looks quite ugly. Um, you've also got a trip to Arsenal in a split game week of game week 21 as well. But how often you'd be starting these players yeah, over so the coming period? Even, think... ne- even next midweek... You look at things like you know, Arsenal go to Luton, Liverpool go to Sheffield United, Newcastle go to Everton, Tottenham have got West Ham at home, with respect, Chris. Um, did, there's an argument to say even with that Bournemouth at home fixture, the likes of Gabe wouldn't be automatic starters in subject to what people have got.
1: Yeah, so I think 26 was the time when I was looking at it possibly when you can get Palace back in because uh, I think it's the Burnley game maybe maybe even the week before with Everton. Um, but until then, it's probably if you've got Try and shift. shift
2: what does it. what does De bring to the team? That's going to be such a miss.
1: So he's, I think, if you do it per ninety, since he joined, he's fourth best in the league for tackles per ninety and top in interceptions per ninety or something like that. that was written an athletic um, article about that earlier. So yeah, he's just he's one of those players. Liverpool were obviously allegedly um, in for him um, in the summer. He is sort of uh, he he is good on the ball. Like he's a very good player on the ball um, for us. Maybe one of those teams, if he played for like a Europa League or a Champions League team, he would be essentially winning the ball back and giving it to someone better than him. But he gives us so much control there in the whole midfield. Any extended spell of possession we have, he, he's very key to that. And he does win the ball back very well. And uh, he, more so than Lerma and Hughes, he actually moves the ball forward as well, which is an issue when you've got our fullbacks. backs. It, it, it
2: felt like you spent the majority of last season trying to work out a good partner for him. Yeah. And Lerma has obviously become it, I think. It's a good balance between the two of them. Now, it feels like you might spend a lot of this season trying to find a good partner for Lerma.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a few different ways it could go. Um, I think Hughes will probably get the shirt. I think in terms of balance, it's possible. With Eze out, it'll be Hughes and Schlup in there. And in terms of balance, that might work because Hughes also likes to win back the ball quite a lot and Schlup can carry the ball quite well. Um, but we might end up in a similar situation where, yeah, we're playing Schlup and Eze uh, in central midfield three. With um, Lerma instead of De Kure. and Lerma's a good player, but he's not. Uh, I don't think he's g- as good on the ball as Cure is. So, are, yeah. are you on um, any Palace
2: players at the moment? Nope, <laughs> haven't been Chris? for. A...
0: No, no. I, I mean, I was looking at Elise um, when he came back, and but I think I think Palace have got, got that problem. I think with Eze and Elise playing, I think they're both good options. But I think when, and I know I think you might have spoken about it as well, James, but. When Eze sort of started the season and he was on his own, it's easier for teams to kind of mark when there's a, when you've only got, and it's similar to the problem that we had last season when you've only got one player that is that, that, that player who, you know, that I mean, your team's going to go for. The both. two
2: players have both got so much individual quality. Yes. That they can obviously do it themselves as shown by Elise's goal. You think of Eze's run for the penalty against Everton. But yeah, uh, having a, a wingman, if you will, and in Eze's case, that's, that's a literal. Certainly helps. Um, perhaps Elise might find it a little bit easier because he's not in the center of the pitch so much. And it's very much you can find him out wide and it's up to him and he can see the picture of the game all the time. Might be a, a little bit easier, but I, I agree. I and mean, the moment to come or to buy has certainly gone, which means the only one here on this podcast who's got a Crystal Palace player at the moment is me. Yep. But I'm thinking of selling him as well. I'm obviously referring to your goalkeeper, who's done great for me. Sam Johnson, 51 FPL points in the 13 game weeks played. So far, at the time recording, I'm minding that Kelleher move. It feels yeah. like with your problems now and that meanwhile kind of 19, it might just be a, a short-term subject to what the, the prognosis is on on Allison. But I, I am also awareness. You know what? I keep looking at Rory. I keep thinking Sanchez is probably the wild, the goalkeeper for me on wild card. Yeah. And the one week Chelsea have a bad fixture, you got Sheffield United on.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past us to, to randomly throw one in that week as well. But yeah, thank
2: you, mate. Right, that'll do. Let's get rid.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I wouldn't. Um, defense is obviously anything we do is going to be based on defense. So. If it, you... It's.
2: It's worth saying I was thinking of moving him to Sanchez in sixteen was was very much on the agenda for me anyway. It's just a flip of fixtures from Palace to Chelsea. I think those who have, by the way, the sort of likes of Gay Mitchell, were probably going to look at that sort of thing, Palace to Chelsea in sixteen. I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. I guess the only issue with Chelsea defense, is apart from Sanchez, which if you're one? Doing a defender? Yeah, yeah. Who's who's going to play? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think. You could say over the next few weeks, he might make a good amount of save points. And if we do keep a clean sheet in any of those games, he'll probably get three bonus, is the only thing. So, I mean, that's potentially something to, to consider. But yeah, I, I wouldn't advise anyone buying any Palace assets, attacking or defensive, over the next sort of six weeks.
2: I, I presume anyone has gone on to an Wild because I do get that question once every couple of weeks. That's a get rid as well, is it, at this
1: stage? Yeah, he uh, had the goal disallowed, correctly disallowed against Luton. Um, he, he's a frustrating player from a Palace fan perspective because he doesn't do anything outside the box, really, uh, unless he's being the, the sort of second striker to someone else. But I was considering, because Eze and Elise are back, I thought he was actually possibly the asset to get because those two are kind of assist merchants. So Like three or four weeks ago, I would have maybe said, oh, I'll go for who he, he might um, pick up a few. But yeah, team's not going to create too many chances. So he probably won't have too many chances to score.
2: Okay. Chris, a lot of FPL managers have had enough of your goalkeeper. It was all clever dicks at the moment. You told everyone he'd start the season at 4.0, but then didn't start with him yourself. Um, a lot have been on. A lot of like, am I ever getting a clean sheet again? What can you tell him, Chris?
0: It's not down to Ariola, but at the end of the day, it's the defence which helps with those clean sheets, and <laughs> we just we just make too many mistakes. We're not we're not defending well enough, um, and I don't think the midfield's providing enough of a shield um, to. To stop chances, we're make we're make a mistake. You know, like Saturday gave race GP penalty. there would be something that happens where it, it shouldn't have been a goal. But Aviola, as a as an individual player, has been absolutely brilliant. Um, but FPL wise yeah. He's I I couldn't tell you when we're going to get a clean sheet.
2: You can, your fixtures look too good to move him.
0: They do, but then you know. That Saturday was a case in point. Something will happen in the game—an individual error or a decision or something, whether it's right or wrong decision. But obviously, the penalty was a penalty on Saturday. No dispute on that. Um, that, That's what will happen. That's that's just what how how we are. We're not we're not we're not tight enough to we're not. You couldn't say we've been unlucky to concede some of the goals, and for that reason, that's
2: a fair thing to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's for that reason. I think, and I think, like you say, with the Keller um, situation, if he if he's available, then then you're going to play your Liverpool, your Liverpool player, aren't you? If um, if, if he becomes an option.
2: Yeah, but I, again, I think for those chances are most people who have used the wild card, probably went with him. Yeah, and and when you're looking at that period of exactly what I'm saying, like up until March, you know, FA Cup court final and blanks and stuff, as a whole. That's fine. You know, you can look at things. Oh, well, Arsenal weighing 19. Well, yeah, Keller's probably playing Arsenal in 18 instead. So, like, how much better is it? And that's a short-term, but it's going to become a problem longer term. So I keep referencing it might be one for those who've still got the wild card in their pocket. If I'd used it, I think I'd just be suffering this with with Ariola. And I think the clean sheets might come at times I don't expect it, like maybe at Tottenham next week, for example. Yeah,
0: but that's that's us all over. That's that's always been yeah. our problem. But I think we've had one clean sheet, I think. Um it's I mean statistically you think sooner or later, but then like I say, I really don't know where it's gonna come from. There's nothing to indicate that we're gonna get a clean sheet. Um but I mean like myself I and mean, I've got Ariola and Turner. so yeah, it's a it's a huge transfer, but I could potentially take out Turner and then bring in Keller if Keller was an option.
2: Sad. Um he- yeah, I mean, that's, of course, is an option. Yeah, you use the other goalkeeper to get something like Keller. And then you, obviously, in that scenario, if he's in goal at Sheffield United, you'd bench Ariola at Tottenham, for example. Yeah, you yeah. could do it that way, maybe. But
0: yeah, I, would, I mean, if, I wouldn't go out and buy him, put it that way. if um, Not that anyone would go and buy Ariola now. But no, just I mean, because... He's, he's got 11 points
2: brain. in his last six.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, make, he's he's kept us in games. He's definitely kept us in games. And they're, they're saves which you, you know, you look at and they're absolutely brilliant saves, so it's not like he's just he's just doing his job, he's doing more than his job. Um, but it's the rest of them in our defence performance-wise, in terms of keeping clean sheets is is a is a is a no-go at the moment.
2: Okay. Before we finish up, um if Baron was ruled out for a few weeks, what do you think the prospects are of Obama getting serious minutes?
0: Um should he should more minutes, but I don't think Antonio's injury is apparently as bad as what um, they were saying as well. So it's really difficult because Moyes is talking him down. He's not talking him up. He's saying, you know, he will get minutes but he's 19. He's still learning. So it's it's very high risk. Yeah, he's cheap.
2: He's 4.3, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could, but then you know, are you? I know it sounds, it sounds a stupid thing to say because not many people are going to have three West End players. But if you've got Aviola, for example, and you've got, I don't know, you've got Bowie, then that's
2: your. Yeah, I get so it. Is, you're it's... cutting off kudos, for example, if you do yeah. decide you want to go that way. I get that. Yeah, so that, it's, it's that a is a difficult one. It's a good point, actually, that you might be cutting yourself off for of something else that you maybe want. Um, again, I think it might be one for those who want to find the money who still got the wild card in their pocket, but. I mean, you could definitely use him as the eight for tag. I mean, He's four point three million forward. Yeah. Who I guess is, I don't know, at, at kind of same level as Ings. Maybe now. I mean, Such keeps saying West Ham fans would pick him over Ings.
0: I've, I mean, I, I think any, anyone would because Ings has got no value to us in terms of he doesn't. He doesn't, and it's it's not 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 being disrespectful to Ings, but he he's, he he can't play in that position. In the way that we want a forward to be there for, when we play a forward, they they're up there on their own. They've got to work and they've got to toil. Ings can't can't do that. He can't he can't do that. He needs someone around him as well. When he's um, so yeah, yeah I I mean on, on, pa- on paper on paper sh- he should be he should be starting it, but um, there's all sorts of things going on with him. So I, th- I think he will get minutes, but if it's to save money, then nothing against it. But I wouldn't pick him thinking he's gonna. No, he's but I, I suppose start.
2: if there was a setback for Bowen and suddenly we heard, look, he's gonna miss December, then yeah. suddenly he becomes of real interest, doesn't he? And you could yeah. stick him in, you could bench him, and if suddenly he breaks into the team, with some half decent fixtures, you'd go, sure. Maybe yeah. you might might look at it. it's a sort of one that'll facilitate people having all the players they want, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean he could get sixty minutes, he could get thirty minutes, but he's capable.
2: Okay, interesting. One final question we want to ask you both. Um, you both played Everton recently and both lost uh, at home as well. Uh, Chris, do you think they'll stay up?
0: I think they will. I think they, I mean, <laughs> it's, horrible. it's horrible for Burnley, but they're below them and Everton have had 10 points deducted. So I think they will struggle, but I think they would just about stay up because, because of the other teams being how they are the other teams are going to have to do something miraculous and I don't I don't know which of them which of them would do it I would I'd guess Sheffield United out of the three would be the most the most likely given that they've got some out of Luton and out of Luton and Burnley I can't I just can't the trouble with Burnley is they're capable of scoring but they're unless they tighten up unless they change something they're going to concede they're going to concede um, goals I think they they were saying on Saturday they concede an average of almost
2: three goals a game, uh, yeah, they can't sort that out. You've obviously you just can't played do that. Luton as well, Rory. Do you, do you feel different about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I disagree a little bit with Chris. I looking at it, I think Sheffield United for me are pretty much down. Burnley, it's you know, it's a question. They've got some good players. I mean, you you guys just played them. I think Surge said he thought Anduni looked good as well, and I, I thought that as well. They, they do have a couple of good players in there, but I, I don't. De- don't really see it with them in terms of the solidity. Um So those two, I think, will probably struggle. They'll definitely be in the bottom four and they'll probably both go down. No offence to fans of those clubs. So then Luton looked okay. They'll have to win six or seven home games to stay up, though, which is always difficult to do. But, you know, against you, for example, Chris, they, they should have had a penalty and they didn't get it. And you know, that would have been a point at home when they did play you. So I think they've been Okay, so then you think luton Bournemouth have started playing well. You know, they had the Newcastle game, which they won, and then they, they won again at the weekend. Okay, at Sheffield United. But they looked like things maybe starting to click there and they'll get more of the injuries back and so on. So it's really a question of that. And then there's potential for another team to get dragged into it. Could be us with the injuries and the lack of depth. And Well, if we don't win either of the next two, we won't win it either the four after that so then we'll have lost eight in a row
2: is there a danger of that is, is that in Palace's fans minds and actually the run is not as bad as it was that you had January to March last year but is there an awareness of that like oh god we did go three months without a win last year
1: yeah but then it's the, an idea of um, we did have that run last season yeah, yeah of course we did and we could not win now for, for eight games if we don't win one of the next two which I just said Bournemouth coming into full, West Ham obviously away from home uh, tr- tricky match for us, but um, we've got four wins and people are saying like thirty, low 30s could be enough. I'm not sure if I do fully agree with that because people often say that. Yeah. People often say, oh, you'll only need 32-33 this season. We're sort of halfway there already, aren't we, with the four wins we got in the first um, seven or something like that. But there is a, a worry. I mean, some of, the, some of the people are saying maybe get rid of Roy. But then I was listening to the other clash of the correspondents, the the Everton one, obviously, but also um, the Forest one, and they were saying, well, if we look if we lose the next two, we might get rid of Cooper. And I saw his odds went down this morning from 20 to 72 or something like that. So that's crashed quite quickly. Maybe on the base of the clash of correspondence, maybe it's uh, shifting the market. You see,
2: Mark stops. Summers is controlling what Maranac yeah. is doing at that Nottingham Forest. Well, it's, it's that smaller market. I'd
1: imagine someone puts 25 pence on it and it probably shifts it quite a bit. But um, yeah, so that, there is a danger. There is a sort of question mark over we could potentially get dragged in with the injuries. The cure being out. You know, are we going to spend money in January? We haven't historically. So, that That is theoretically possible. If we did continue to have more injuries, that is a worry. Um, but I think every, everyone else sort of sees us as a safe Premier League club. But results determine things. So if we didn't win any of the next six, people would be saying, oh, Palace, they might get dragged into it. I
2: mean, you'd be fine, mate. You'd be absolutely fine. I'd, I'd, in a weird way, I'd probably become more concerned if suddenly you lost the centre-backs for whatever reason. I, I then become concerned because I feel like you have that ability like the winner at Old Trafford yeah, yeah, to 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 dig them ones out
1: when you need to. I but think. we've got depth at centre-half is the difference. Like if Lerma went out now, if Lerma yeah, got suspended true. for three games or something, it's a bit more, you know, he's actually there. We'd probably have to play Chris Richards in central midfield or something.
2: Mm, interesting. Thank you both, gents. Really enjoyed that. Uh, let's have some predictions before we finish then. Uh, Chris? Uh,
0: I'm going to go for 2-1 West time I think playlists have got a few key players out so I'm hoping that we can actually take advantage of that.
1: Okay, Rory? Desmond, I think.
2: Desmond 2-2, so even without Eze, two goals scored.
1: Yeah, I don't think the defence has been fantastic recently and I think um, that's been a kind of historical result we've had in this fixture a little bit, I think 2-2 a few times.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would give you the home advantage here, Chris. Uh, two one. I don't really trust you to keep clean sheet at the moment, to be very honest. But I, I think with <laughs> with home advantage, I'd I'd give you the edge. I and mean, it'd be interesting to see Rory how the the team reacts to the loss of the core eggs. I think people within the club know how important that is, but people on the outside might not might not realize. So it'd be interesting to see how you set up on Sunday afternoon. Good luck to you both, you gents. Thank you both so much. I will be streaming tomorrow on Friday uh, with our James. There's another two clash of the correspondents for you next week as well. On Tuesday, ahead of the game week 15 deadline, Aston Villa versus Manchester City with uh, Lee Jackson and Johnny Pringle. And next Wednesday, an unusual day for COTC, but next Wednesday ahead of game week 16, Manchester United versus Bournemouth with Gary robinson and Neil Grover. Just sees me say thanks again so much to Chris and to Rory. Good luck, gents. Cue music, please. Mad child.
0: The fantasy football show.